All right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, Darlene Childress. I am a life and parenting coach. And today the topic is three things kids want from their parents. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting. We oftentimes put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents to you know, do everything right, say everything right, like make sure we, you know, teach our kids all the things and get them, you know, everything that they need and want and all of that, right? And what our kids actually need from us is pretty simple. They they want to see delight in our eyes. Kids want to feel that they are the most important thing ever to us. And I know that that's how you feel, right? I know that that's what you want to give to them. But it's not always easy. Sometimes it's really hard to feel those warm feelings towards your kid. And it happens, right? When you don't like your kid's behavior and you're feeling resentful or angry or unheard or alone or discouraged or irritated, right? It can be really hard to communicate your delight in them. So in this episode, we're going to talk about clearing up those feelings of resentment and anger and, you know, feeling disrespected and feeling discouraged and all of that. We're going to clear up those feelings so that you can feel and show the love and compassion and delight that you have for your kids. Because kids, they have this, um, they have a spidey sense for what their parents are thinking and feeling about them. It's like, they can tell what's really going on inside of us, right? They're paying attention to much more than what we're saying. They're actually paying attention to our body language, to not just our body language, but like the tension in our face and the softness in our eyes and the clenching of our jaws. Like they they know, they actually oftentimes know better what we're feeling than we know, right? Because they're witnessing it. So I have narrowed this philosophy down around parenting where I think that kids want to hear three things from us as parents. They want us to communicate this in words and action and attitude. And these are the three things. The first one, they want to hear, I love you. They want to feel that love. They want us to show that love right? That one's kind of easy. The second, our kids want to hear, I trust you. That's not always how we feel, right? But they want to believe about themselves that they are trustworthy, that they are worthy of your trust, that they are good enough, right? So they want us to believe in them. So I love you. I trust you. And the third one is, I'm proud of you. Oftentimes, our kids do not experience our pride in them. They experience our judgment. They experience our worry. They experience our criticism. And we are doing those things out of like the goodness of our heart, right? We want to tell our kids like, hey, improve this way and then you will like have better results in your life. But they don't really hear the you're doing great and you could do better. They just hear you're not doing great. You're not doing well. You're not enough. So we want to communicate, I love you, I trust you, and I'm proud of you. So how do we communicate that, right? How do we show 
in our words and our actions and our attitude, those three sentences. I know you think them sometimes, right? I know you feel these things. But like I said, when your kid is bringing up negative emotion, you're looking at their behavior, how they're showing up in the world. It is really easy to have a lot of negative thoughts and feelings, right? And when we are feeling negative towards our kids, it is going to show up. Now, I always want to normalize, like you're going to have negative thoughts and feelings about your kids and their behavior. That's normal. They're young. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're also human. They're always going to be human. And so they're always going to have, you know, moments where they don't know how to manage their emotions. They don't know how to communicate well. So it's going to show up in their behavior. And so, you know, your thoughts and feelings are normal, but how do you clear those up, right? How do you shift out of that negative emotional and mindset towards your kids and into a different place so that you can communicate your delight. I love you. I trust you. I'm proud of you. So this is, parenting is, it's actually a lot about mindset. It's why when I first started being a parenting coach, I, you know, focused a lot on behavior and strategies and the external, and I have tons and tons of good tools for that. But as time went on and I watched my clients, I realized like there are like thought patterns in parenting that need to get shifted. And that's why I ended up doing life coach training school and all of that, because I was like, I want to help parents with their mindset and the tools of behavior, you know, management. So mindset is really weeding out the thoughts and feelings that aren't serving you and reframing behavior in ways that brings you more joy and peace and connection. So how do we do that? How do we fill up our kids' cup so that they can fill up others, right? So that they can show up in their life in ways that, that improve their behavior. So what I'm going to teach you today is called the delight list. And I'm going to talk about a delight for a few minutes and then kind of give you the strategy. So I once heard a coach say that disappointment is the opposite of delight. And I can see how that could be true in parenting teens and parenting. <laughs> um, so it's like when I feel disappointed by my children's behavior or how they're acting or disappointed in myself or disappointed in a circumstance, it is hard to show delight. It's hard to find that kind of like, you know, deep joy and ease that comes with delight. So if I'm in a headspace around disappointment, if I'm thinking about all the ways that my children disappoint me, all the ways that they don't measure, measure up to some sort of standard that either society has said people should act, you know, how they should show up. You know, we have a lot of standards in society around grades and the way people look and the way people, you know, act and what is, you know, socially acceptable and that kind of thing. So if I look at my kids and I'm like, they're not measuring up to society and I feel disappointed or I've created a set of expectations in my mind and they're not living up to my own expectations, I'm cultivating disappointment. I'm looking around at their life and their behavior and I'm using their, their life and their behavior as evidence of all the ways that they're not good enough, 
right? I'm disappointed in them, by them, all of that. And when I am cultivating that disappointment, I'm actually in an exchange with them that is communicating disappointment. And it's like, yuck, right? I don't want that to be the energy between my kids and I. And I mean energy by like the dynamic of what I'm communicating, how I'm communicating, what I'm doing to show up, and then how they're experiencing that. So I often think that parents will think to themselves, I've thought this too, like if, if, I'm, if I just accept my kids exactly as they are and I love them unconditionally, then they will become mediocre or you know, I'm going to give in to them too much. And that's not true. You can set limits. You can have your standards and your expectations. But when your kids don't meet them, you don't have to make them wrong for that. You don't have to make, um, make it about the future, about you or about their personality. You can just use it as information of like, oh, there's still things that my kid's learning, growing and becoming. So, why not choose to think great thoughts about your kids? Like what's the harm in delighting them? Does it cause any harm? None. No, it doesn't. It only makes things better actually because you communicate to them your confidence, your I'm proud of you, I love you, I trust you. Then they believe that about themselves and then they pursue um, what they want to create in their lives. So how do I do this and how do I teach my clients to do this? I do what I call the practice of delight and it's truly a practice. It's a discipline of thoughts and it goes like this. You write a list of things, 30 things that you like about your child. So if you're like, if you have more than one child and you're like, oh, which one should I pick? I just think like pick the one that's bugging you the most, (laughs) like pick the one that's most difficult for you. So you write a list of things that you like about your child. And then you read this list aloud to someone, like your partner, your friend, your mom, or you join Calm Mama Club and you share in our group, right? You you kind of claim these things as true. And then you commit to reading that list once a day. This is cultivating delight instead of cultivating disappointment. And then when you're around your kid, Think delightful thoughts. Like look at them in the face and think one of the thoughts that you have recently practiced writing down. And then try to communicate one thing that you enjoy or like about your kid each day. So I have been actively cultivating delight in my children for years, right? I regularly choose thoughts that help me delight in them. I intentionally think these thoughts. I think to myself, they're so funny. I also think, oh, they're so generous. I love being with them. I miss them when they're away from me. I'm curious about them. So I think these thoughts, I practice them so that when I see them after school or in the morning or before bed, when we are in those exchanges, I actually feel genuinely delighted by their presence. I have been practicing thinking, yay, I get to be these kids' parent. And so then when I, when I get around them, I feel that way. I've been practicing feeling that way. Now, 
okay, you can think what you want, like mindset and like whatever. If you think, oh, I don't know if it's really true and effective. You don't have to believe it. Just try it and then see what happens. Like, I promise you, you will feel differently about your kid when you practice thinking differently about them. So, of course, I get stuck in negative, like I get stuck in that trap of negative thoughts about my kids. And that happens, especially, you know, as they get older and they're making mistakes and they're living their lives or when they were younger and they were like impulsive and not able to manage their emotions well, like kind of all the way through. You know, I look at my kids and I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> really? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is who you are, you know? And it can make me feel upset. It can make me feel overwhelmed. It can make me feel bad about myself. It can make me feel angry with them. And so I can get stuck in these traps. And this recently happened to me. I had to sit and write a new delight list for my older son. Um, it was, you know, just recently his actions were really frustrating to me. And I found myself thinking a ton of negative thoughts about him and feeling angry and frustrated towards him. And so I wrote this list and I just want to share a few of them. They're really simple little sentences. Um, I wrote Lincoln at the top and I wrote extreme intelligence, excellent memory, kind heart, quick-witted, super observant, talented guitar player, great writer, generous, good listener, deep thinker, willing to work, joyful, thoughtful of others, considerate. So I just spent, I filled the whole page, 30 things. I just spent time thinking about him and what I liked about him, who he was, what I liked about him, who I knew who he was at his core, things that I've seen in him that I would like to, you know, continue to cultivate, right? And it actually sh did shift when I wrote this list. I didn't, carry that latent disappointment, resentment, and anger around with me. I actually was like, hi, like, you're so great. I just wrote a huge list of like all the amazing things about you. I mean, I didn't say that, but I felt it in my heart. It was lifted and I had like a lighter, it was easier to smile around him. It was easier to, you know, not like exhale all the time and sigh deeply, right? I was like, hi, lighter. That's what I want for you. So this delight list is a an incredible strategy, an incredible tool. It feels great doing it. And it gets you to the other side of those negative emotions. Now, sometimes you, I want to be really honest that there's a periods of time where we don't, we don't like our kids. And we've, I mean, nobody talks about it, but there are periods of time where you're like, I, I think that they're not a good person. <laughs> like we have pretty, negative thoughts like we're really judgmental really critis critical and it's because we're scared it's because we're worried um it's because we're embarrassed like we have our own feelings and that that's natural that's normal but it can if you've been cultivating frustration and anger and disappointment and worry and all of that for a while it can be hard to get to a delight list I've had clients who can only write five things down I don't want you to judge yourself if you've only got five. It's okay. You get better at practice as you practice it. But I also want to give you a strategy for how to get a good delight list when you are really, really stuck. So 
when you can't get to that delightful spot where you just like every time you try to write something nice about your kid, it ends up turning into like a criticism. So what I have, what I do and what I have my clients do is doing a thought dump to clear their head of negative thoughts first. So I want you to know it's okay to write out all of your negative and judgy and mean thoughts about your kids and write out your fears and put it all out on paper because those thoughts, they're in there and hiding them isn't going to help you get rid of them. So put it all out there. Write it out. Call it a thought dump. Sometimes I just put the kid's name at the top and I just write like, I mean, it can be really snarky and mean, okay? I just want you to know, like, no one has to read it. This is not one you share, okay? This is private. So you write it all out and then take a look at it, read it again, and then ask yourself, what thoughts would I like to get rid of? And what thoughts would I like to replace them with? And as you do it, your delight list will start to come to you. Like, you know, mean Maybe that's on your list, like, you know, really mean to others. And then you might be able to say like, sometimes kind. (laughs) Okay. So you're kind of going to maybe, if you're really stuck in that negative thought pattern, use some of your bridge thoughts, like sometimes can be, uh, is learning to, is becoming. (laughs) Okay. So that you can start to cultivate things that you want to delight in about them. This is the truth, though. I know you love your kids. It's not going to be that hard for you, I promise. So after you look at it and you say, like, I'm going to get rid of some of these thoughts. Here's my replacement thoughts. You can write those down or just think them. Then rip that paper up, okay? You can rip it in a bunch of pieces and throw it in the trash or burn it or whatever. You do not have to hang on to it, okay? I don't want your kid to find this list. I don't want you to read it again. This is just a dump. It's like taking the trash out, right? We don't keep our trash, like in a trash bag and then keep it in the kitchen. Like, no, we throw it all in the trash and we like put it in a bin and then somehow it gets magically taken away from us, right? That's what I want you to do. So then from that clean headspace, write out your delight list. Once you have your delight list, I want to give you a practical way to apply your delight list to the two most important moments of the day. These are the points of reunion, I like to focus on the first time you see your child in the morning, whether you go and wake them up or you're already up and they find you, you know, you're in the kitchen or you're having your coffee or whatever, whatever it looks like for your family, having that first moment be a moment of delight. Like, hi, good morning. Nice to see you. Like a smile. I also call this, I oftentimes call these periods of time eyeballs right? Like actually making eye contact, looking at your kid and giving them your eyeballs and just saying like, hello, nice to see you, right? So if you've been cultivating delight, it will be easy. You'll be like, hello, like you'll feel really light and easy and fun. The other moment is when you're reunited after the work or school day or right now it's summer, so camp. Whenever you've been apart and you're reunited, that first moment when you see each other, giving your kids your eyeballs, And deciding in advance how you want to think about your kids during those moments. So the moment they wake up and the moment you see them after you've been part, either at school, preschool, daycare, whatever it is. And try on some of these thoughts like, I missed you. I'm glad we're together. I'm so curious about what happened to you. I'm lucky to be your grown up. 
Like you don't have to say these things out loud, but just thinking them and noticing how your energy shifts towards your kid, even a teeny tiny shift towards connection, that's progress. That's what we're working on, right? You are listening to this podcast because you want to be a better parent. You want to be a calmer mom, right? So how do we do that? This is a major way is we just practice thinking new thoughts about our kids. And the reason why we do that is because we then feel different. We feel calmer. We think clearer. We set better limits. We have better teaching our kids better, um, you know, uh, emotional literacy. Because if you want to raise children who are reflective and self-aware and compassionate and responsible, then you want to be able to teach them emotional literacy skills and, and personal responsibility. And so what does emotional, emotional literacy mean? It's knowing what you're feeling, being able to talk about those feelings and knowing what to do with them. So sometimes people call it emotional regulation or managing emotion. So when you are calm, you're able to emotionally coach your kids. And doing that, being the parent who sets clear limits and follows through and has that connection piece, that means that you have to feel calm. You have to be in that neutral, non-judgmental, compassionate mindset. And that can be hard. I know that. But the delight list can help. It helps you feel better so that you can show up differently. So the last thing I wanted you to think about, about delight is just if it's, if you're having trouble like getting into, okay, what does she even mean? Like I was in this whole podcast in 22 minutes and what is she talking about delight? Here's a way to think about it. How do you feel when you're with your best friend? Like why do you like being with your best friend? Now, one thing I like about my friends is that they delight in me. They smile when they see me. They laugh at my jokes. They listen to me when I share a story. Like I can feel that they like me. They are delighting in me. That is the feeling we want to help our kids have in relationship with us. So just keep that in mind when you spend time with your kids and notice, like, am I, am I delighting in them? And if not... What you can ask yourself, what is one thing I can think right now in this moment that will help me feel more delight? And just that question, answering that question will help you shift to a new feeling. So that question is, what is one thing I can think right now in this moment that will help me feel more delight towards my kid? And that will make a huge difference in your week and in your relationship long term. We like to be with people who like us, right? Of course. So have a great week and go ahead and make your delight list. And I hope you all have a wonderful time with your children. All right. See you next week.